Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and you're listening to In the House. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house. Electrical, plumbing, heating, air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts. We pick a topic and we discuss it in depth. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. On this episode, we're going to be talking about water pressure. What should it be? What happens when it gets too high? And how can we fix it? I've got Ricky, Dwayne, and Scott here with me today. They're the uh, plumbing managers at Any Hour Services. Welcome back, guys. How's it going, Mike? Good to be here. So good. A podcast is being recorded. Why would I not be awesome? I can't think of a reason. Good answer. All right. So um, we'll we'll just kind of dive right into it. I don't actually have a question for you, Ricky, about like when water pressure was invented. I just think when there was water, there was pressure. You actually have an answer. You do you have an answer for like the the PRV? Okay. The first safety valve was invented in 1681 by Dennis Papin, a Frenchman. Ah, is that why it's a PRV? It used to be a Papin reduction valve. No, it didn't. It didn't? No. Oh. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> That's all you got. Okay. So uh, we'll, let, we'll, we'll talk about PRVs or pressure. Is it pressure reducing, pressure reduction? What's the PR? What's the R in PRV stand for? Yeah, it's pressure reduction valve, but we like to say pressure regulating valve. Regulating. Okay. Because it regulates pressure. It can send it up or down. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we'll talk about the PRV. Uh, much more in depth, but let's actually start with the basics. Um, you know, Dwayne, if you'll fill this for me, how does a house, how does house water pressure actually work? Where does that pressure come from? All right. Well, that is a good question. So I've been doing this for quite a while. And in my trade, I saw regulators starting to be coming in homes as a, as a required thing about 1985 prior to that. And I think we still see that in our homes today, we see homes that were built you know, before the 80s that don't have a pressure reducing valve, pressure regulating valve in there and um, things, but, and it's a big concern. So water comes from the street. From it just, it water's just, in the street. It's just so in the, the water, street, it just comes The water in. that goes into those drains, <laughs> that actually just comes into the house. Yes. No, that doesn't make come sense. on, Mike. We don't drink the drain water. Well, they say, uh, what is it? The slow, the flow, what what goes down the drains? Like, how's that slogan? And I don't know. Anyway. So, so where does it originate? I don't know. I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm not sure where to go with that last question. So the city water, like where, right. Like the city has a water plant and then they, they're big pumps and things. Right. So that's where the water comes from. So the water's coming out of the ground, out of the mountains, out of lake streams, out of aquifers, uh, depending on where everything is. And the city then takes it and treats it and then puts it out into the system and they have does so does the pressure come from the big pumps that they're forcing the water down or is it gravity fed you know it's it's it can be multiple different ways depending on where they're where they're getting their water from it used to be that when the utah wasatch frontier was small all of our water came out gravity fed from the mountains but we've gotten larger and larger and like we all know salt lake valley has expanded all the way across and going up the other mountain on the other side and so they've added wells they'll drill things pump things up into tanks Um, you'll see driving around where they've got these big million gallon 
tanks that they weld all up, um, those yeah, kinds of things. Because like growing up in uh, in Louisiana, we most of our towns had a a water tank, and it's that iconic look of like you know a big bowl looking thing with the yeah Joe Diffie. R.I.P. You know, he passed away. But like, he he had that John Deere Green song about writing on the water tower. And for a long time, I didn't actually understand how the water towers worked. But anyway, so that gravity fed there. But so most of the time here in Utah, most of the time it's going to come from the city with pumps and things forcing that out to the okay treated and chlorine and all that fun stuff. So, but what we run into and the reason we need the pressure regulating valves is. Our infrastructure has not changed. Um, Streets that were built in the 70s and roads and everything, when they build a new subdivision or whatever subdivision you're in, they brought in a certain pipe size and that's what you have. Then they make a new road through your subdivision into another subdivision and tie onto that line and it goes into the next subdivision. And so we find that our infrastructure has been added to and I think therefore the change in, in the mid eighties came about when all these subdivisions started growing because the city had to start cranking up the pressures and putting more pressure in the pipe to make sure that it gets all the way through as the pipes start large and get smaller and smaller and smaller as they continue to add and add and add. So that's where it's become a historically a very much more important part of what we do in our plumbing. I think the cities back in the day could just control it and say, yeah, we've got 500 homes we're feeding. This is what we'll do. So as they add another batch of homes, they tap into whatever water feed line there is going to it that they don't run another, they don't trench another water line from the, from the, uh, tower or the the, tower or the source, the the pumping stations. Um, and so the further you get down line, the lower the pressure would become. Therefore, the city has to crank that up. And that would cause the people at the front of the line, am I correct in assuming that the people on the front of the line have more pressure at that point, like a higher pressure? Well, do you want to talk about pressure as pressure versus volume? Yeah, not necessarily they have more pressure. There's two distinctions um with water pressure that we have the water volume how much water is coming through the pipe and then we have um the pressure that's behind that water okay um so yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have more pressure uh, because that that pipeline is is um pressurized from from start to finish the pressure is equal so it's not going to be any more or less on that line now as water becomes less and less from the plant like if it it lowered in the pipe system your pressure would reduce because the volumes reduced well that's a good distinction because i don't know if a lot of people i think when people think of water pressure they're probably thinking about the volume of water coming out and so it's not necessarily a pressure issue as much as a volume of water coming out is is that accurate yeah and a lot of that has to do with the sizing of pipes in your home and the fixtures that you're installing all of that plays into your water flow so but when when plumbers come out and when homeowners talk about it they talk about pressure and so and we we just talked about a you know a pressure regulator so and that's what we measure when we go out to a house is the pressure so talk so tell me why is pressure what we measure and not volume of water? Well, 
I mean, we actually. Sorry, I'm just going where you guys are taking me. Yeah. This wasn't in the pre-note show. I'm just a curious <laughs> dude, and y'all, y'all bringing it up. Yeah. Do you guys uh, agree at prime times, like shower times in the morning when everybody's getting ready for work and things like that, when they get home from work, that that pressure can fluctuate too at those uh, high volume times too that a lot of homeowners would never even consider? Absolutely. I, I agree with that because, I mean, the pumps are designed to keep that pressure and that demand coming through the system. They, they're not just set at a certain, I mean, they, they, those pumps are moving high and low based on demand to keep the pressure consistent. Mm. So yeah, if you're using a lot of water. Absolutely. All right. So then let's talk about, uh, let's talk about pressure. What should, and we'll talk about how to test it and all of those things. Oh, I left my pressure tester up. Did you bring one of those? I left mine up. At the, okay, perfect. I left mine on my desk. Um, so what should the pressure at a home be? Gotcha. Let's, let's just take a step back. You talked about okay. the big towers and the tall towers. Yes. So even just with gravity flow, yep. um, for approximately, it's like 0.42 something, something, something inches or pounds per foot of elevation. It's about a half a pound per foot of elevation gain. So if you have a hundred foot tall tower at the base of that tower, you would have 50 PSI, 50 pounds per square inch pressure approximately. So that's when you, when you see those towers out in the Midwest and, and those iconic towers, that's what that's all about is, is getting enough height that you can get enough volume and enough pressure to make the fixtures work. So the fixtures in the home are designed to work at at least 20 PSI kind of a thing. Most of the time, I believe the code says we want about 40 PSI coming to a home and that's what they strive for as a minimum. Um, PSI in the home would be, a, would be 40. Ideally, we want to see between 50 and 70 is ideally where they go. Now the fixtures can handle most, if you were to look at rating plates on almost all the plumbing fixtures and faucets and things, they're probably rated up to 150 pounds. We do have softeners and certain other components and filters that will say 100 pounds max because there's plastic and fittings and things that can blow apart on those. So it's very, very important that we protect our home and all the fixtures inside and keep it regulated to be the same because of what Scott was saying. There are times when it's higher and there's times when it's lower depending on demand in the overall city. And we want this, we want this pressure regulating valve to be in the system to be able to then control and limit and smooth it out, so to say, of what you're receiving from the city. And and Dwayne <clears throat> Dwayne mentioned also um, that it can handle up to you know 150 psi. And what he's talking about there also is not not that it that's a safe range to work on. Rather, it's not going to blow up on you like it's not going to explode and you have water everywhere. Um, it needs to be in the safe working range for longevity also and protection. So the, the metals are fine. They can handle that high pressure, but there's other plastics and gaskets and everything. And the higher the pressure and the, the worse the water, the quicker they wear out. So that's why drips and things like that begin to happen in a home. Gotcha. Cause it's a pressurized system until you open a valve or a faucet or things like that. And so all of that pressure that's there is exerting outward pressure on all of the you know pipes the seals the anywhere that you know water is it's it's trying to get out right so 
Okay, so we talked about, okay, so what should the pressure be? We say we would hope for anywhere from 50 to 70 PSI. Um, how do you actually test it? Okay, so just, and you asked the question, I didn't get back around to it. The code says in both the plumbing, uniform plumbing code and the international plumbing code that apply throughout all of the nation between one of those two, says anything over 80 PSI needs to have a regulator on it. Gotcha. So, Scott, do you want to go in on, or Ricky, how we test? You guys go ahead. Yeah, so this this is a, a pressure gauge. Um, it's just a, it's a device that just has a bunch of numbers with a, a needle and a pin on the end of it. And it's designed is to thread onto a hose end, um, for example, like a laundry tap or uh, the bottom of your water heater, an outside um, hose bib. And, and all you do is you screw that on and turn the water on and you'll get um, a static water pressure, which means this is the pressure of the water as it's full and it will give you that reading. And you want that reading to be between 50 and um, 70 PSI. So you can actually pick one of these up. Well, if you're watching the video, we'll show you a picture of it, but you can actually go to a hardware store and ask them for a, a water pressure gauge and you know, tell them that you want the one that hooks onto you know, a, a spigot, you know, whatever. And 10 bucks, you know, I, I went and picked one up at, at Home Depot and tell me, when they when they turn this thing on now the one that i picked up it has and i'm assuming that this is standard there's the black needle that registers uh what the pressure is but then there's an extra needle and a knob in the middle what's that for yeah so that that's this is a, a one you're going to have to look for um, and these are probably less common the one that you and i are talking about oh, really um so the red dial is gonna when the water pressure's on it's gonna give us a static water pressure um, that's gonna let us know what it is when everything's full and pressurized when you turn on a faucet you're going to get pressure drop and restriction happening within the pipes that needle that red needle is gonna stay put where where the static was and now now the water flow is gonna be red as a, as a faucet's running gotcha so you that's that needle is designed the combination of the two reading between the lines essentially is being able to tell you you know how much pressure you're losing when you open up different faucets is there a is there a specific range you're looking for yeah. and when you open a faucet should it eventually come back and regulate or like you know talk me through you know what people are going to be looking at if because if, here's the thing i'm assuming if someone's listening to this episode they probably have unless you're just curious about water pressure you are probably listening to this because you've got an issue with water pressure and i don't i've got this theory in my head that people don't really care if they've got too high water pressure that that's giving them what they want you know everybody wants you know more more volume of water coming out and so you really only start looking into it most people i would think um when you feel like the pressure is too low when you're not getting enough water coming out of the shower head or you're not getting enough out of the faucet or it seems abnormally like it's a trickle or it used to be higher. Am I correct in that assumption? I, I think you're probably right on that, Mike. I think that's a good, I think that's a good assumption because so, I mean, I've, I've referred to it as, Hey, you've got a car wash shower right now mm -hmm. and we actually need to bring that down to the normal flow. And like you said, people, I want more pressure. I want more volume. You know, and, and there again, the pressure and the volume are two different are two different things. So what they may be experiencing might not be a pressure drop as much as a volume drop due to some restriction restrictions in the line. Hmm. 
Um, you know, lines build up on galvanized lines. Uh, debris, even in the, in the system, kind of a thing can block things up. But the way we want to test is we want to take the gauge. And for us and our technicians, we usually go to the water heater. Okay. Now, that can be, and I don't necessarily recommend it, if you've got a very old water heater with a plastic valve. Don't um, test it there. Don't, don't test it there. Uh, there's, they don't want to thread on very good, and you might get your pliers out and try to tighten it up. And I personally have busted one off. Have you busted one off? I've watched you bust one off. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Scott's so, like, I, I don't make that mistake. Uh, <laughs> said that it's two cool weeks to watch they get, as well. They get, no, they get the, the little plastic ones get really brittle and, mm -hmm. and plastic just gets really brittle sure. and, and it doesn't take much. And then all of a sudden you've got. And you're a strong guy. I mean, that probably yeah. in, played into it. You know, well, no, you don't be, know how to no, control because, your own No, because I know that I'm dealing with something that's. Because of what I dealt with. Anyway, I'll just tease every, every once in a while, every once in a while and, and stuff, and it, it just does happen. Ricky, sure. did you want to share your little experience or that you told us this morning? Way back in school, I broke one off during, during class, and the teacher goes, what are you going to do now? And I just tuck my finger in there, and he goes, that's not going to last long. <laughs> it, was, it was warm? Yeah, it was hot. <laughs> so, okay, I've got two questions. Was this plumbing school? Way back in the day, yes. Okay, because I'm I'm envisioning like you're like when I was in school, and I was like, why are you messing with a water heater when you're in school? <laughs> yeah, but plumbing school that yeah, makes that school. makes sense. <laughs> yes. Got it. Anyway, so it's like plugging the plugging the dam, right? The yep. Finger there doesn't work very long. <laughs> so anyway, um, so just kind of be a little bit careful with that. But normally that's where we want to. So test. if that's where you normally go, let's say that someone goes down, they've got a plastic valve and they're like, ah, this is an old water heater. I don't want to test it there. Where do they test? All right. Then you would probably next good thing would be to go to the washing machine. Okay. And pull one of the hoses off and you can put that hose thread on, on the valve that comes out of the wall. Okay. The hose screws on. And that's a good way to test as well. Make sure you shut the valve off first, put the, put the <laughs> test gauge on. Right. And then open the valve back up. Okay. Um, and then barring that, the hose bibs here in Utah, because we have frost-free hose bibs for the most part, they have an anti, what's called an anti-siphon device in them, and it only allows the water to go one way. And the reason they do that is that it is, and so if you put a gauge on the hose bib, you will get a pressure reading, but when you go into the house to loosen it, to open it up, and come back out I see it won't it's it's stuck in between there and it's designed to the the that anti-siphon device is designed to hold the pressure back from coming in say you had your hose down into your into your tree ring in your garden somebody hits a fire hydrant you're up on a hill the water starts siphoning back out now you could get all your your nasty water back in your whole system could get siphoned back in gotcha so that's why they call it an anti-siphon device and that does affect how you can readily easily test at a hose bib uh, you'll jump on tutorials and and things and see the videos and stuff and they always have a hose bib that's just a normal hose bib and things like that so hose bib will give you static pressure but if you're going to go to this extra step and i will come back to this question that i asked about you know what are you looking for in that difference when you open a valve but if you're just trying to get the static pressure and find out if you've got over that 80 that recommended or it's recommended not anything over 80 pounds you need to have some type of regulator on the system so if you're trying to find out what the pressure is you could do it at a hose bib 
but you're not going to get that full range of testing out of it. Chances are no. Chances are no. Especially if it's frost. And, and the older ones where they're not frost proof, those, those work, right? Yes. I got you. Okay. That would work. So, so are we right. ready to go back to the, how yes. do we, what's all the right. number we're so, looking for? Best case scenario, we've got a nice brass ball valve. We feel comfortable putting it on the bottom of the water hot, on the water heater. Got it. We put our gauge on, we open up that valve, we read our pressure. We go to our nearest sink and we like to test it at a sink faucet. Why? Is, is just because it gives a, a good minimal flow. Okay. And so we open up the sink faucet and then we go back in and we look and see what our gauge is reading. And we want to see somewhere between a five and 15 pound drop in pressure. Continuous? Meaning, yes. meaning like, okay, it goes up and it stops at, you know, 70 pounds. And then when you open a, a, a valve, you want to see it somewhere between that 60 and 70. Correct. Five, five, to, five to 15 pounds with one fixture open okay. is considered normal pressure. Um, because Scott talked earlier about flow restrictions and pipe sizes and things, it can be, you know, you, you might get a little more, a little less, and that comes into play a little bit. But, but for our techs and what we look at is we looked at that 5 to 15 pounds is normal. If it's going through a water softener, there's going to be a little more friction loss through a water softener, so you might see that 10 to 15 pounds kind of a thing. Um, but that is normal pressure. Then you go shut the valve off and come back and look and see what your needle is saying now. Now, it could have been it started higher, and then when we come back, it, it went down, and it's consistently down, and then, and then it goes back up, but it might be a lower pressure, okay? And that's one of our diagnostic tools that we use to determine, well, what's causing that? And we start then to look for thermal expansion on a water heater and things. And so it's important to do probably two tests to see where we're at, because we might have relieved excess buildup, excess pressure in the system. And then we know that now this is the normal pressure down here. You, you know, before we go into talking specifically about the PRV, let's, um, that pressure reducing reduction regulator, regulator thing, uh, before we talk about that, cause we're talking a lot about like, Hey, we're taking all of these steps to diagnose what the pressure is. Is it doing the right thing? Let's actually, in my notes, I kind of put this towards the end, but let's skip a little bit forward and talk about what are some of the consequences. Now, you, you said earlier you feel like higher pressure is more common than low pressure when people call out, call you out. Is that right? Yeah. Like when you come, when you show up to a house, you find houses that have higher pressure more often than you find a house that has low pressure. Right. Yeah. That's, that's definitely going to be more common because, because we're all tied to the same system. Sure. Uh, typically. Okay. So, why, since everybody wants more water volume coming out or what they think is higher pressure, let's go a little bit more specifically. Why is high water pressure bad for the home? You know, we, we use uh, things like high blood pressure to, to help understand things like that. For the same reason, you don't want extra pressure on your, on your veins and arteries and heart. Same thing with your, your plumbing system. You don't want extra pressure. Um, it'll cause issues in your fixtures, your piping. What kind uh, of issues? Uh, you can have leaks start to happen depending on the type of piping that you have in your home. Uh, you'll start to see dripping in faucets. That's a very common thing we start to see happening is dripping. Um, even water, water hammer where pipes shake and vibrate. Because you were saying that 
the fixtures in the house are rated um, to operate between what and what, like the maximum rating is, you know, like 100 to 150, but what's the optimal operation pressure there? So the operation pressure is that 50 to 70 PSI. Gotcha. Um, so they anything can handle more. Sure. Anything above that, it's like you start to redline, right? right? So anything above that, like it might be able to handle it for a bit, but then all of a sudden all that extra pressure and that wear and tear, plumbing is mechanics as well, and parts start to fail. And when things start to fail in your plumbing, water starts to escape. <laughs> and that's, so. and that's a common thing that we hear out there is, um, customers will say, well, we've never had an issue for the longest time. Mm. And, and that's, that's what's going to happen is because it's, it's subtle. Um, yeah, you may not have had a problem for 20, 30 years with high pressure, but it's inevitable. Something could definitely happen. Gotcha. Um, and then. So there's the damage to the fixtures. Uh, I'm assuming anything that like you've got your bathroom fixtures, your kitchen fixtures, toilets, all of those things, high pressure can affect those and cause them to leak or continue to run and eventually either waste water or end up with damage in the home from, from those leaks. But Dwayne, you mentioned water hammering uh, in the pipes and noises. Like dissect that a little bit for me. Explain what you're talking about. Well, sometimes when we get high pressures and, and, and different things, one thing I wanted to talk about is that if you do check your pressure and you have somebody looking at the gauge when you shut off the faucet, if you notice the needle going back and forth for a second and then settling on a thing, that probably means you've either got a totally failed regulator or you don't have a regulator on your home. And so one of the things, because that's, we that's are not a sign of the, of the gauge going out. No, no, because the, uh, the speedometer in my old Jeep does that <laughs> <laughs> waves all over the place. It does. <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right. Um, so I anyways. have to count the little white lines to know how fast <laughs> I'm going and that gets difficult. Got superpowers like me. <laughs> Sorry. I, I derailed it. And All right. Dwayne's frustrated. And, so well, and we derailed so far that the old man brain forgot <laughs> okay. the question. You were talking about, uh, actually, and then I did. Oh, okay. You said if someone tests the water and when they uh, open the faucet and the needle is right. going back and forth, that's a sign that you either don't have gotcha. a regulator or your regulator is starting to go out. Right. That's where you ended. Gotcha. And then I was going to talk about, too, that without a regulator, one of the things it does, it protects us from the city system, both with the high pressures and and slamming and i mean it's an outside system things can happen they can open up a valve too quickly and it can cause a rush of of water and air if they've done a repair somewhere and it can slam into your house and we've there are instances where you know all of a sudden your toilets the top of your toilet valve blew off because of that slam of water kind of a thing and so there are instances that that happens and so that pressure regulating valve helps avoid that happening to your home i mean it's a it's a safety device that really does protect your home gotcha so okay go back to water hammering i don't quite gotcha. understand like i i want to make sure is the sign if, if people are experiencing water hammer is it just that they're noticing noises do the noises only occur when they open a faucet like how does someone know that they're having this problem you're about to describe all right well and it's not 100 percent. it's not water hammer can be caused by a lot of things okay but, but higher pressure sometimes adds to it as you have 
higher pressure and like you said earlier higher pressure and volume now coming through say your kitchen faucet or your toilet let's list the, the toilet is one of the notorious ones so the toilet's filling 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 it's filling a lot faster as that tank is filling up a lot faster than it should have been because of the volume and all of a sudden it reaches that point and it goes chunk, and it shuts off mm. well that chunk, as it shuts off sends a vibration it bounces the, the the water waves back through the piping and then it can start hammering somewhere where there's a loose pipe somewhere where it wasn't strapped properly um, somewhere where maybe touching a piece of the ductwork and it causes a loud banging noise that echoes through the whole house because the ductwork is acting as a magnifier and doing that so so that's a, it's a real common system where you have the higher pressures and the flows our dishwashers are another one where it's a solenoid valve and it turns on and shuts off really quick and can send a vibration through the um, uh, wash or washing machines are another one where we have solenoid valves usually at our faucets we gently <laughs> Silly noise valves. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you said what it's got a solenoid, solenoid valve, but we're talking about water hammering. Yes, and I'm like silly uh, noise okay. valve and solenoid <laughs> valve. My humor is is old. Yeah, it's, it's not like old enough. Solenoid valve. <laughs> Squirrel. Okay, sorry. Solenoid, <laughs> silly noise. Anyway, okay, so done. those those abrupt stops of water flow. And then, and it can be accentuated with high water pressure. So somebody has been in the house for a long time and they've never had that issue. If the regulator fails, mm. then they could be having those higher pressures and they're going to start hearing. So they could start hearing some of those noises. Gotcha. Okay. So let's see. Let's talk about that. Okay. So now let's, let's talk about what we can do. Um, to regulate that and we've been talking and alluding to this PRV um, this pressure regulating valve talk to talk to me about what it is and I, I'm always curious how does the thing work all right so usually your pressure regulating valve is in your home it's usually where the water service comes into the home and there's a main shutoff valve to the house and usually right above that within a foot or two is the pressure regulating valve. And so you've got a main shutoff valve down below, and then the pressure regulating valve goes above. There is an arrow flow. Let's make sure I'm holding it in the right direction. And then it allows the flow to go through. So when, when this is installed, it's designed for the water to flow a certain direction through this, uh, this valve, this yes. regulator. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's got a, it's got a one way thing on there. So, there's inside there's a spring mechanism that you can adjust the pressures up and down they come preset at the factory for the most part to be about 45 to 50 psi um, is the factory setting now if you have 130 psi coming in from outside it's going to register a little more a little higher and you may not need to make any adjustments and if it's you know coming in at 90 psi you might need to make some adjustments on that and we uh, do we want to just talk about how to we'll, we'll let's get talk to, about adjustment. let's talk about okay. how well actually tell me tell me how it works first you said there's like a spring thing like and we'll put a picture on because you have one that's actually cut open so you can see it uh so the water comes into the bottom yep. or what the way you're holding it yep 
or I so guess the, the top or the bottom, yeah, right? The water comes in the bottom. They're usually they're usually sitting in a wall like this. So the okay. water comes in the bottom and there's a shaft that moves up and down. There's a spring that sets and then there's a rubber diaphragm in here that that moves up and down as well. And that allows this plunger here to during low flows, it's gonna it's gonna allow less water in while still maintaining the pressure and not letting it go over the 70 pounds or whatever. And then if you need more flow, you've got a shower running, you've got your tub filling and things, then it modulates down and allows more flow to come through and come out the other side. And, and I'm just, as you're explaining this in my head, cause I've always, I've always like tried to figure out how do I explain this? Like if you've ever been to, uh, if you've ever been to the ocean and just stood there with your feet in the water, no big deal. But then when the waves start coming in, they can knock you back. They can knock you over. Right. Because that water, it has mass, it has velocity, it has pressure. And so the, this mechanism, it's, it's designed to, um, not equilibrate. Like what's the, like, no, that's actually a, that's, is, is like, it's trying to, term. yeah. So you've yeah. got, it, you've got the pressure of the water on one side and an equal pressure on the other side that it's trying to regulate and so when there's more pressure from the water like whether there's more coming in like the waves coming in then this device will it will tamp that down and it will apply more pressure over here so that you get an even pressure coming out from the water and then when you're just standing there and there's not a whole lot of pressure you know pushing you over that allows that to open up because you've got does, does that make sense yeah i like it yeah i don't know yeah. that's because you like the ocean I did that for you, Ricky. It equalizes. Have you been attacked by a shark? I've been within 500 yards of four shark attacks in 50 years. Like, like you were 400 yards of four shark attacks happening at the same time? Like no. they, they attacked in a pack? Throughout 50 years, I've been around four shark attacks. Four shark attacks. What, like, like attacked a person or just like? Attacked a person. Like bit them? Yeah. Like blood in the water? Yes. Did you go and help? Uh, twice. Wow. Were you like freaking out a little bit? Yeah. It's like, did you I see think the it's fin? an adrenaline thing? Like, how did you, like, were you just like out there surfing, doing your thing, waiting to catch a wave? Mm -hmm. And then you look over and so, Tommy disappears yeah. or you see a fin or like, how do you know it's, that it's happening? It, they were bit on the legs uh, twice, two of the times. And uh, they were off their board and I paddled over to help and the other too. I was too far away and other people helped. So, I mean, did the, this, this episode took an odd turn, <laughs> but now I'm curious. <laughs> it has to do with water and the pressure that sharks put on your legs, yeah. water pressure. Uh, so, so when, when the shark attacked, did it like just bite and let go and, or did it like on the East coast, the sharks, when they, how are we talking about this on a plumbing podcast? I don't it's know. Water. When they bite, um, Wait, they, the they have a fitting, sorry. They have a plumbing fitting that they like has the shark teeth on it. Right. Yeah. So we're totally in line. This is not off topic at all. So on the East coast, the sharks are not really great whites. The big ones like on, okay. on the West coast that can, you can die from um, and sure. husband does when they bite, they realize that it's not what they want and they let go. But our reaction always when you're, when a shark attack happens is to rip our limbs out of their mouth because it's reflex. That's where all the damage occurs. Mm. Um, and it's usually tendons and stitches and, and things like that, but no deaths on the East Coast, very rarely. So that's where your shark attacks were, were East Coast. Mm -hmm. Where were you surfing? 
Um, in Florida. In Florida. Mm-hmm. So let them gnaw on your leg if you're ever in the you, ocean. That's what I hear. It's like instead of jerking back, you want to just you want to hug the shark. Let them go, and then they'll realize it's not what they you're want. Like ah, move on. Unless they, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. You're going to react. Mm. <laughs> so wow, we're uh, so four four shark attacks. Wow, that's that's nuts. Did you did you ever like think, like wow, that could have been me? Like, do you ever get apprehensive going back in the water? Well, when Jaws came out, none of us got in the water for about a month after that movie really? came out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm still not getting in the water. <laughs> I only take showers now because of Jaws. <laughs> yeah. I had I would go to boys camp and they would tell me about beaver sharks, which are freshwater sharks. You've never seen a beaver shark? Are you are you baiting me for something? No, like they exist. Okay, actually they don't. But as a Boy Scout, I wouldn't go swimming in the lake. I got you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, back to PRVs. Pressure regulating valves. <laughs> yes. And now I'm distracted too. Okay, so we go back. How did we even get to that? Why did you bring up shark attacks? You were giving a great illustration of the ocean. It's true. And, and then Ricky's pressure. like, hey, I've been attacked by sharks. I think I heard that. Ricky's like, let's talk yeah, about sharks I for a minute. I never even brought the ocean up. Ah, you kind of did. <laughs> you were like, I love this ocean analogy. No. Mike, could we talk about sharks? It equalizes. That's what I said. Mm, you were like, you brought up ocean and then you brought up surfing. And I heard, you I know what else equalizes? You, sharks. <laughs> they have a lot of pressure in their bites. So in... <laughs> So we were talking about how a pressure regulator works and the device that's here. There is also a very important thing. Yes. I'm, not, I'm just going to bring it back. Yeah, to bring us back. You Mike. just lost it over no, there. No, I'm good. Uh, Go, keep going. It. All right. So there is a screen in here that does keep larger pieces of debris okay. from making it into your home. Uh, sometimes they're, like I say, repairs and things like that. They can get mud and dirt and silt into a line and it flushes through and then get stuck in here. And so there is a screen in here that protects the rest of the home. Is that a uh, maintenance thing that like, if you go out there, is that something? Cause I like yours is sliced in half. Let me see the right. top where the, uh, the, where the adjustment thing is. See yours, uh, turn it towards it. See yours doesn't have like screws on the top to be able to pull the top off. Right. So this brand is, does not. Gotcha. So is that a normal maintenance thing should you be able to get to that or if the valve goes out you just got to replace the valve um no you can you can get to it by removing this bonnet oh gotcha this bonnet up here you can get to it and remove it and then that opens things up and the and uh this one shows a little bit better how the bonnet you can unscrew it they're on pretty darn tight oh i got you i mean they are they are put on at the factory with with pretty hard so Attention if you've got dork. low water pressure, you could have, and is that what you were saying is that if you've got some low water pressure, you could have something clogging that filter? Yeah, there, there could, there could be, it doesn't happen very often. I mean, that's one of the things that we do look for when we're really trying to troubleshoot and diagnose a low water volume situation, not pressure, but volume. Um, when we're looking at that, that is one of the things that we look at. We might even just go out to the street and look at where the meter is and make sure that the meter valve is full wide open because mm. you can still get 110 PSI if, it, if a valve is almost all the way closed, but you don't get the volume gotcha. behind it. So you can test your gauge and it's like, oh, I've got 80 PSI, but the volume can be restricted mm. to where it drops way down. And so when you asked about 
the normal drop we like to see is five to 15 pounds of pressure. If it drops more than that with just one faucet open, then we're suspecting that the regulator itself, as you, as you look here in the screen, there's parts that move. It's, it's got rubber in here. It's got uh, other devices that can calcify and stop moving and doing what they do. And that's where we do the diagnosis with the gauge is to make sure that this valve is moving, it's dilating, it's being able to move. We often replace windshield wipers and you go and you get your old windshield wiper that's leaving five streaks and you pull it off and big chunks start to break off of that, that windshield wiper because it's very hard and brittle. The brand new one that you put on, boy, it just floats to the contours of the windshield and it looks really good and wipes things off and does its things. Because rubber is a product that does go bad, our tires, everything gets hard and brittle, that same thing can happen with a pressure regulating valve. Um, we ask about how long, people always ask, how long do they last? In our hard water environments here in Utah, around 10 years is probably the average lifespan of, of one before the calcium buildup, the, it just stops doing its thing. Gotcha. So let's talk about, let's assume that someone has one that's working properly um, and they go and they test their, uh, how do you adjust it, I guess is where I'm going. Like how do you adjust a PRV? You got the fixture over there, go ahead, Scott. I'll get, that's Dwayne. I'll give you that. And then Ricky, you can, you can tell us. So this is, uh, is this from your house, Mike? This is a relic. This has been around a long no, time. No, actually, uh, a plumber pulled that off of a job, and it, I thought it looked cool, and I, I'm, I'm always trying to collect pieces. But I know you're trying to say that my house is old and needs you to come and visit. I get it. You got an old house. Yes. So on these Appreciate PRVs, uh, most, that out most of the adjustments are. Yeah, I do. Uh, most of the adjustments <laughs> are on the top of these PRVs. Okay. Um, and it's kind of the opposite. Uh, when you tighten this thing down, you actually get more pressure mm. as you tighten it down and put more pressure on. And when you open it up, you get less pressure. And once you get a reading on your gauge, um, you can go in and just loosen this nut and undo this little uh, stem right here and then tighten your nut back down. Well, you said loosen will give you more pressure. As you, as you turn, crank this down in. Righty tighty. Yes. As you're tightening it, yes. it gives you. You will get. Uh, more, more pressure more when pressure. you tighten it down. Got yes. it. And then when you loosen, you get less, less pressure. Okay. So it is, it's, if you think about it, like tighten it down more, loosen it less. Correct. Um, and just to clarify, you know, depending on how the thing is installed, if that, that there is a, what Dwayne called the bonnet, there is a part that protrudes, like you've got the line coming in and the line going out the pipe. And then there's a part that protrudes that has either a, hex head nut or a like this old one right here has a flat head screw that you screw that you adjust mm -hmm. crank it in to crank up the pressure unscrew it lefty loosey to lo lower the pressure but you probably are going to need this valve this test valve put it so let's walk them through the steps step one put the valve on in the manner that we discussed earlier establish what the baseline pressure is correct if it's a little high or I guess a little low if you want, then you can go, first step for a homeowner might be to go to the regulator valve, the PRV, Correct. and then start adjusting with the screw, right? Correct, in and out. And then once you find your setting on your gauge that you're happy with, and you wanna go throughout the house and open up several fixtures throughout and make sure things equalize, 
and then you go back and you double check it again and then that's pretty much your adjustment on a PRV. Now, if you go and you do those things and you attempt them and you cannot achieve the pressure that you're wanting, then th at that point, do they think about calling a plumber to replace? Is, are there further tests that you do to the to this valve to see if it's wrong? Or is that pretty much the same test that a plumber would do and a homeowner could know pretty confidently that like, okay, I've done this type of thing. Obviously a plumber would verify and do their own tests, but. Scott, do you want to talk about what um, what happens when it's over pressure? Yeah. When, we, when our gauge pops way up. Oh yeah. If, yeah, if, we, if you're testing that and you're getting above that 80 PSI, you're just getting full city pressure. Um, and if you even try to adjust that pin in or out, it's nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. Like if that bladder, that little rubber gasket isn't working. It's not working it at all. Matter. Yeah. And so you're getting full street pressure, um, yeah, at the, that point, the, the range on these are rated for 25 to 75 PSI. So Got they're, it. They're so adjustable. Anything in that range. over, anything over 80 pounds, you know, that the regulator's it not is, working. It's it grows up. It's done. It's just allowing the full the full pressure to come in and so that's that's a good tip you know and that's and that's what that's the importance of it and you keep talking about you know more more pressure um i was reading the inst instruction sheet this morning in preparation for this and i don't think we read enough instruction sheets to follow but one thing i found out today that i didn't know after even 40 years is it says right in here do not turn this thing all the way down mm. and bottom it out because it will cause it to fail. It could cause it to fail and not work right by making it go in a backwards position yeah. and, and overextend it or whatever and not work right. And I, we go in all the time and people want more volume. You know, they're again in volume and pressure. I want more pressure. So they crank it all the way down. Oh, okay. And now they could have went beyond what it's even designed to do. And I, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Oh yeah, I totally knew that. You knew that one? Dang I, it, Scott. I, I knew that one. <laughs> you did? Yeah. You read the instructions. And this before. is the guy that's never left a plug in a garbage disposal. Right. 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 Man. You're so perfect. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Jeez. We'll where's the him. halo? Can we insert a little uh, halo? We'll get him sooner or later. Production. <laughs> sooner or so, later. So so uh that's actually a good point. Though the little weekend warrior that thinks they know how to correct that they may go down and cause more damage to that prv than they realize so they might be cranking it down and they're like oh i'm not cranking it far enough and when you bottom that out it can cause that to to fail that well and sense. then and then the other thing to realize is is that in the life expectancy of this it's at various various stages of of decay or wearing out mm -hmm. or or solidifying um we tell our techs if it's more than a year old we don't want to touch it be really why because if we try to make an adjustment it could be that it was already stuck in a position and then it might overextend and ruin it and then it can't come back and then it's a replace kind hmm. of a thing and so it's a it is one of those things where i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna push you on that just a little bit because um like when a customer like calls you out and you're like, okay, it's over a year old and you're telling them not to try and adjust it because that could end up in a replacement. But if it's not working, you're saying that the answer is a replacement. Why wouldn't you like try? Well, 
you don't want to put a customer in checkmate. You know what I mean? If 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 all this if it did fail and you know, or if it if it hadn't failed and you end up you know moving it or breaking it, and then you put the customer to where and now you don't, they don't have an option. Anything that has water running through it, whether it be your water heater valves like this, they really and there's not really a recommendation of how to maintain them. But if something is sitting in water, what happens to it if it's metal? It's going to rust. And and so if it's never been moved or adjusted for even a year amount of time, you can see on this uh, particular PRV in our cutout, it's completely rusted on the spring. Um, and, you know, we don't know how long that one was in, but we don't know what's on the inside. So I guess we could come in, do a maintenance, tear it all apart, lube it up, put it all back together. But getting it to go back in, they're probably going to be in checkmate and have to replace that regulator. What can happen on these over a period of time, and um, if this happened to you, Scott or Duane, is when you go to adjust one that's been in for a little while to help a customer out without a replacement to try to get a, a different variance in their water pressure, you can unloosen this nut, and then all of a sudden you put your, your wrench or your screwdriver on here, and when you go to put some pressure on it, it turns like a half a turn. Uh, because it it just what it did was it was stuck in a place and then it just rotated um, and then now you have compromised their unit and it would have to be replaced then you know so I've had that happen to me you Scott yeah, yeah. that's actually and, happened and, you know and I I like to refer to the I mean the pressure is they never call us out for pressure they call us out because my shower is not working quite right my faucet's low I can barely get any water out of it and so they're, they don't, they're, we got called out to fix a certain thing and then we find out that the regulator's bad or has issues or we don't want to touch it to try to increase it. But our tests, our tests are usually pretty good. I mean, that's, people don't like to believe our gauges, but the gauge is a very accurate blood pressure test of the home. I mean, it just, gotcha. it's, very, it's very consistent and that's why we say what we do. And so... Do they but, ever, <clears throat> sorry, do they ever, uh, what kind of warranty do they, do they come with from the factory? Because if you're having to replace it, like after, uh, you know, a year, a year and a half goes by and you're recommending to replace the thing because like all signs point to replacing it, like are they under warranty or do the manufacturers? Right here. Okay. Warranty on this particular valve are guaranteed against defects of material or workmanship when used for the services recommended. If any recommended service, if, if in any recommended service a defect develops due to material or workmanship, the device is returned freight prepaid to Zern Wilkins within 12 months from the date of purchase. It will be repaired or replaced free of charge. Zern Wilkins liability shall be limited to our agreement to repair or replace the valve only. So one year um, as, as a company, when we install one, we guarantee it for a year as well, parts and labor. And if it fails within that time, but the manufacturer only guarantees the valve, not the labor. Is there a date on this thing of like when it was manufactured? Are they saying like from a year from it manufactured or a year of installation? Um, I would say typically, typically manufactured yeah. date. So wh where do you find that manufactured date? Is it on the box or? So on this box here, June, there is a stamp on this particular box. Got it. Of June 06, 2019. Gotcha. So it's not an expiration date. <laughs> <laughs> the expiration date is a year from that. We do. Um, 
here at our company, all the technicians do write our installation date on our parts mm, and components when we install them. Got it. Well, uh, okay, so we've talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, let's say that a homeowner sees that thing and they determine. They've listened to this episode and now they're a plumber. And they're like, oh, that's my PRV. On a scale of one to 10, uh, how would you rate this as a DIY project? I think it all depends on your comfortability with... um, For you, it's a one. Like super easy. Easy. Piece of cake. Um, It really depends on how comfortable you are with water. Water's... So if you can't swim, do not do this. (laughs) If you cannot surf... I don't swim well. (laughs) If you can't surf... (laughs) But if you're if you're not comfortable with a soldering or things like that, then so you let's talk about don't want to touch let's it. talk about what's involved so that we can uh, like give someone an idea. So you got did you just say you couldn't swim? I not well. That's I why still, you haven't been around any shark attacks. <laughs> Look, I hey, there is a strong case to be made that I'm never going to get attacked by a shark <laughs> unless uh, shark tornadoes actually end up happening, and if I get drawn up in a shark tornado and a shark does as well there is a chance just hold still let it bite your leg and it'll move on don't react at that point i feel like i don't know that well there's two things i mean since oh you went gosh. there here we and go I, just again. for the record oh just for the goodness. record ricky went there <laughs> ricky brought up shark tornadoes uh if you are in a shark tornado i would think that the shark would be under duress i don't know that he would be thinking about hunger at that point but he also may be looking for anything to grasp onto. At that point, when you're just trapped up in a tornado, you're looking for any semblance of like reality or something that's familiar. So you see a human and you're like, I'm, just, I'm gonna bite down and hold onto that. So that's a DYI is what you were saying on the PRV? Well, I think it's DIY, but uh, do it yourself. But I think that we should stick with tornadoes for a second. I'm just kidding. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> I did. I tried to go DIY, Ricky, but then you were like, Mike, I think we need to talk about tornadoes or sharks. You went sharks. Actually, you started out making fun of me for swimming, not swimming very well. So let's talk about uh, doing this yourself. Just walk through the process because you brought up, you know, soldering and brazing and, and doing things like that. So just realistically, what are the steps of replacing one of these? And, and a lot's going to depend on what's what brand you're putting in. Sure, they all have different types of connections. What type of piping's in your home? And and when I'm talking about explain the process, I'm not saying that this is meant to be a, a tutorial. It's more meant to say like, hey, here are here's how involved this is to give someone an idea of like, okay, if you're going to try and attempt this yourself, now go find more detailed information. But not necessarily to scare them away. But if you bring up soldering and and you know doing joints that way i would automatically hear that like okay cool that's probably a project that i'm not going to try myself because i don't have as much experience doing that and not and not to scare anybody away from it but you're you are soldering typically um and you're you're soldering in a very confined space uh in a typically a finished room where you have sheetrock carpet insulation and so you, you know i mean if you feel comfortable having a flame in the wall then you know in a in a hole that's 12 by 12 yeah, very 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 conspi- confined space um we have to cut it out we have to make sure that the the water supply is turned off a lot of times the valves are old and even those don't turn off um 
so it is very involved you have to cut it out you have to solder it um again if you're not comfortable at all with that so it's, a plumber. it's definitely not a basic DIY the, uh, project. No. Where the, where the valve is, the valve shuts off the whole home. But your whole home, once you start cracking the nuts to try to change it out, your whole home drains down through that spot. And like Scott said, usually you've got carpet, finished drywall, mm. and everything. So you have to be prepared for several gallons of water that will be draining down and coming out at that, gotcha. out at that spot. That's a good point. Good point. All right. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, PRVs? Sharks? Nope. <laughs> well, you, that you yeah. had, there was a question about, can they be re repaired? Yes. Okay. So, um, yes, they can be, but I took a poll yesterday of our about 400 years of experience in our plumbing department. I put it out and said, has anybody had any success changing out or rebuilding? They do make a rebuild kit changing out and rebuilding the valves. And it was 100% no. I've done six or seven of them in my career, and I, I stopped because none of them were successful. So at that point, it's like, I'm not even going to try next door neighbor. I don't even ask me to come in and try to repair it. We're going to replace it because of my experience. Well, and looking at the way that this thing is built, I would assume that this is one of those where um, the, the cost to produce them like I would assume that you would be money ahead putting and lifespan of the system, putting a new one in rather than trying to rebuild it. You're not going, it, it might cost you more to try and rebuild the thing than to put a new one in. Oftentimes the repair kits are about the same as what a new valve. Well, there you go. And then runs. you got the labor on yeah, top of it. Right. And, and once you repair it, it's not new. It's not new. So anything else? No. Okay, that's it for this show. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you uh, learned something about sharks and water pressure uh, and the pressure that sharks put on surfers. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this has been an interesting episode of In the House. We'll be back next Tuesday. I don't know that we'll talk about sharks, but... I hope that it'll be interesting to you. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode. If you have, please subscribe. Uh, if you do me a favor and go to iTunes or wherever you can leave a review about the show, we'd really like to hear the feedback of what you're thinking. I'd like to thank my guests, Ricky, Dwayne, Scott, for being here. Austin in the background, Cam's back there co-producing, making sure that things happen, and everyone else behind the scenes that make the show possible. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, go to anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome.